0: what's up people how you doing it's tone from the talking shit podcast this next episode uh, i got a special guest retired veteran from the u.s navy glenn Jala. we recorded this on zoom and we got some technical glitches in there and I ain't shame to tell you but it's cool when you can connect with somebody all the way across the world different time zones different times and uh those are the only small issues that we have but other than that enjoy the show on why he decided to retire outside of the united states
1: mm-hmm.
0: pleasure meeting you how you doing
1: i'm doing fine it's uh what it is 4:47 a.m. here in the philippines hey.
0: And, you know, I would have flipped it. I would have got up 4 o'clock this morning and did it, so it would have been afternoon on your side. Oh, no. Oh, no. On,
1: Monday, on Monday mornings here, I'm up this time watching the NFL anyway, so. Oh, okay, okay. You watching the games.
0: Yeah. That's what's up, man. But It's Tom from the Target Chip Podcast, man. And I got Mr. Glenn Jaller with me today, the veteran. U.S. veteran. U.S. veteran. Maybe. Veteran. <laughs> Maybe. veteran. That's right. I wasn't going to say Noah's branch. I was just going to say veteran. Keep this. <laughs> <laughs> OK. So, so, so I wouldn't mess up. So I wouldn't mess up. But how you doing, though?
1: Oh, I'm doing fine. You know, like I said, it's early in the morning. But I've been up for about three, four hours watching football anyway. So I'm wide awake. And I got my coffee.
0: So I'm good. I got you, man. I got you. So you, you, you root for them Saints. Y'all got to, I think yeah, y'all, just,
1: yeah, you know, that's, that's my home, that's my home team from Louisiana,
0: but I've been a, I've been a Raiders fan since 1966, so that's my main team. I got you. It's a beautiful stadium, man. Stadium is nice. The new stadium. Oh, oh yeah. That new stadium in Vegas is, is stuff, man. That's beautiful. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, man, I'm reaching out to you, man, in the podcast the key thing for me, like everybody thinks that when you podcast and some people are focusing on trying to get rich, famous, all of this other stuff or talk to famous people. But everybody got a story to tell, man. And the, the, the interesting thing is like the topic today that I wanna focus on is um really talk to people about Saying it's okay to move out to the United States, you'll be okay if you, you know, if you move out to the United States, you can still be okay. A lot of people feel like they can't leave this place and find success. And I see that you, uh, you live abroad, and uh, you show that you have a, you have a business abroad as well, right?
1: Oh yeah, we do. Uh, my wife and I, we have a,
0: we, we have a restaurant, and um,
1: basically we're at a standstill right now because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a lot of people around the world are, but, uh, hopefully the way things are looking right now, come January, we'll be picking back up and, uh, getting
0: back, getting back to work. Gotcha. Oh, so, so presently there's a, uh, mandated lockdown where you are? In certain
1: areas there are, in certain, uh, provinces, provinces here are like, uh, States back in the U.S., okay. but uh, in certain provinces, there are lockdowns and and uh, things, and there's some restrictions on, uh, you know, certain businesses where people would come together and things like that. But for the most part, right now, a lot of the restrictions are bit be- some of the restrictions are being lifted. Gotcha, gotcha. And it's it's on a case by case basis as to the province or the city, and uh. What their caseload is for COVID and things like that, so it's not a set thing for the whole nation.
0: Gotcha. So, question for you: How, how many years have you been living abroad? Uh little over ten, right now. Ten years. Okay. And, and what what made you? I mean, aside from, you know, I understand that you are you are married, but aside from your your, your significant other, what made you want to leave America? It, it wasn't so much leave America. Uh, like I said, I'm, re- I'm retired US
1: Navy. I, I spent a whole career and traveled basically around the world, uh, visited many countries. Uh, and one thing I learned for African Americans, we basically, our people don't leave the United States. Most African Americans don't travel more than a couple of hundred miles from where they were born. That's right. You know and it's like with my family most of my family is in south louisiana south mississippi and the ones that are there that never left like during the 30s and the 40s and the 50s uh during the migration the ones that stayed down south most of them have never been more than a couple of hundred miles away from that area right but what i learned in my travels is that it's a lot of places around the world to see and that i could be comfortable in yeah and the Philippines just happened to be one of those places I'm very comfortable with. Yeah. Uh, even before I met my wife, my plans were always to retire outside of the United States. Okay. Uh, after I retired from the Navy, I, I went back home to Louisiana for a little while, lived in Texas, lived in California, Washington, Hawaii, uh, Florida, Mississippi. Uh, basically couldn't stay still after I retired. Mm-hmm. But I always knew that my end goal was to end up back here in, in the Philippines. Uh, I'm just comfortable here. Yeah. Uh, it, it was. It suggests that you know, you find this place you know, hopefully everybody will. You find a place that you're comfortable with that you don't have living in. And uh, you know, it's it's where I was comfortable. I, every time I visited here when I was in the Navy, I was comfortable here. Never had no problems, never had no house. So even though I was crazy in my younger days, like we all were pretty much. But after I got older and style, I still was comfortable here. And I've always been comfortable here. So for me, it was, it was just a choice I made. And to be honest, I actually made the choice of coming back to this part of the world to live. I made it while I was still in the Navy. It just took me a few years after I retired to make it back to this part of the world. Okay. You know, so that's it for me. It wasn't so much leaving the United States as it was finding my comfort spot. Right. You know, I'll always be an American. Love my country to death. Uh and things. You know, if I had, if I didn't love it, I wouldn't have served it for
0: all those years. Right. And you know and it was like i said it was just a choice understood now and 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 i travel a lot myself so i find that i i get more education traveling meeting different people than i did just sitting out reading a textbook or someone telling me about a place in school i've learned so much from just traveling abroad traveling domestically and uh it's given me a similar desire to definitely not uh, retire and/or die where I was born, because I've, I've just seen too much, I've experienced too much, and a positive note. And um, international travel for me is is pretty interesting because a lot of the perception has been been painted over time, saying that you know you're gonna have trouble uh in other places uh definitely because of your skin color sometimes i'm like i've, I've never experienced that I, I have people who recognize me well they'll ask you know are you american i say yes and then the whole uh convers pleasantry of the conversation change albeit you know, I don't care if it's about the money, you know, if they're trying to get a, a, a U.S. green back off of me or not. But I haven't experienced uh, challenges traveling abroad. Uh, to me, it actually has been more peaceful at times than actually being in my own country. But I, lo- but I am a proud American, too. You know, and,
1: and that's the thing. That's the thing I try to get some of my family and friends to realize. I traveled everywhere, thanks to the Navy. And even after I was out of the Navy, and I've never really had any problems anywhere I've traveled. And, I've, uh, you know, I've been to Africa, been to the Middle East, been to Europe, you know, uh, Central and South America. So I've never really had any problems anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't know whether it's my personality or what, but, you know, nothing's ever I've never really had any big problems pop up. Now I will tell you one thing. And it's sort of funny. As soon as soon as they see that you're African American or black, and then they find out you're from the United States, especially over here in Asia, because they're basketball crazy, especially here in the Philippines. First thing they want to know is, do you play basketball? Okay. And and I remember the first place I lived in 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 QC, Crescent City, right outside Manila. Yeah. The, Every community has a basketball court, community basketball court here. And the guys, they saw me walking down the street. I hadn't been living there two weeks. Hey, man, you want to play on our basketball team? I told them, I said, dude, you're actually the worst person in the world because I can't shoot a basket. You know, <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. As soon as they see, all right, I'm six feet tall. So I'm taller than most of the average Filipinos. first thing they want to know is, do you want to play basketball? Mm. I told them, I said, no, my sport was football, not basketball. <laughs> but but going back to what you said, you know, I find traveling internationally, I've never had a problem. Uh, I've never had any households or anything else uh, all over Asia. Like I said, uh, well, basically around the world. I've never really, and I learned so much. Man, I, I mean, our education system in the United States is so deficient because there is so much more out here in this world that we should be taught, not just as African-Americans, but as people, we should be taught. You know, uh, it's like me and my wife, uh, when we watch the news, you know, yeah, we got Fox here, we got CNN, we got the local news. But if you really wanna know what's going on in the world, watch Al 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 Jazeera, because it covers everything. It covers the whole world. It's not keyed into the Western world or anything like that. I mean, watch Al Jazeera. They have they cover the world. You learn more about, you see more about what's going on in on the entire planet Earth on Al Jazeera than you do any other international news broadcast. Mm. You know, and that, that's one thing that amazed me, but that goes along with the fact that if you travel and you get to know all these other countries you have a different perspective on what things are now there are certain things that as americans we only learn one side of the story right. you travel outside of the united states you learn the other side of some of these stories right and you'd be like, okay that was never taught to me <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's the thing I'm sure it's like that in other countries too you know you learn their side you know to the victor goes the spoils and also to the victor victor goes the storyline mm-hmm. but when you travel for yourself and you get to meet people and you get to get that personal contact you learn their side of the story or how they feel about the same things you've been taught to feel yeah and stuff. So, and, and and you get to come out with a wholly different different aspect, uh, you know. So, like I said, I, I enjoy travel, yeah, and, um, and and seeing the world. That's what I've done. I've traveled and I've saw the world.
0: Yeah, that's and that and I mean what you're saying holds true because I know, um, and particularly over the pandemic, on the American side, there's been an app that was uh, promoted where it promoted a international exchange by way of like kind of sort of like podcasting they utilized that as the mechanism but really it was just if you want to put it in perspective it was like uh a digital 800 number so but but it, it had an open access to where we were speaking to people from uh primarily london england um america canada uh, some people chimed in from uh, from Iran, Iraq. And then through it all, a lot of people started having conversations with each other that have similar skin color, but have certain, um, as they say, certain stigmas about certain people in regards to how an American acts versus how a European acts towards an American. And a lot of barriers was broken down from that small population of people over the phone where uh, I I remember specifically, like something as far as racism. A young lady said she was uh, detained in her classroom because they thought that she was practicing racism or prejudice against another person. Now she was a white girl and I was like, wow. So it, it's, a con, it's a striking contrast, not really to get into race, but it's a striking contrast just to understand the feeling behind certain things in the way that they do certain things in other countries versus the way that they uh, kind of show us or and through the media or they talk about it here where it's kind of like swept under the rug. And that was kind of like eye-opening to me where the lady said, uh, no one wants to be identified as a person who's racist in england in the uk and i said wow and a lot of people wouldn't think about it the way that we okay you froze up a little okay can you hear me now okay it came back okay okay i'm sorry about that but i was saying i was saying a lot of people wouldn't think about the, the the racism aspect in the uk the way that we would in america because it's just basically been promoted as black white in america but in the UK, it's 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 just as big because you have people that are traveling from other nations, like uh, the brown nations of uh, India, uh, the Arab nations, African nations, and some still coming from the West Indies. So they have just a, a melting pot of people, just as we do in the U.S. But it, it just didn't seem like the racist problem was. as it is domestically in the us you, you know one
1: thing i one thing i've learned when it, when it comes to race and this is, this unfortunately is worldwide you look at i look at countries that were influenced by the west and i can only speak of the west i don't know what came out of russia and china and things i've learned more but i don't really know But if you look at countries that were colonized by Western powers uh, and you go to those countries now, they all have the same problem. A lot of them was taught how to, the people of those countries were taught how to feel toward black and brown folk. Uh, And that still permeates their societies to a certain extent. Uh, they, they have this way that they were taught by the, by the Western cultures. Well, Black people are like this. Uh, Asian people are like this. Hispanic people are like this. And you see it. And one of the ways you see it here in Asia, and I've also learned in, in, in Africa, especially sub-Sahara Africa, your skin whitening products, you know. Uh, in the U.S., up until the up until the 50s, it was a big market for skin whitening products in the African American community. And then, you know, uh, we sort of woke up and we started believing in, in more in ourselves and it became Black Power and Black is beautiful. And we got away from that skin whitening, except now some of these so-called rap artists, hip-hop artists decided they wanted to go and whiten their skin, which is stupid. But anyway, in Asian countries and in some sub-Saharan African countries, some of the biggest markets in the world, skin whitening products. Because they've been taught the lighter your skin is, the better you are accepted. Mm-hmm. You know, the same thing that we were taught in America, mm-hmm. in the West. Mm-hmm. You know, so it takes education. I mean, they have they have some artists here, uh, especially on the web, some influencers who are fighting against the people here using skin whitening products and things. And the same thing is happening in Sub-Saharan Africa. You have people that are fighting against these skin whitening products mm. and things. And, and and you know that, and it and it all goes toward what you were just saying. Different countries have different ways of dealing with racism or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I myself, I'll be perfectly honest. I've never had a problem here in the Philippines with that. Uh, you know, I've had the only incident I really had. Two sets of instances. young kids, little boys. Yeah, I was walking down the street one day and they said, hey, my nigga, and you know where they get this from? They get it from the rap music. Music, it, yeah. They, they yeah. get it from the rap music. That's where they get that from. And so I stopped them and I said, and I explained to them what that actually meant. And they were like, oh, sir, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. I said, you know, you just gotta understand, music is not, that rap music gives them the reality of Black America. Right. It's not the reality of Black America. Right. Like, like I tell people all the time, these rap artists that are making millions saying this and that and, and calling women by dirty names and all that kind of stuff, they're making millions and they're sending their kids to private schools. You're listening to this music trying to live it out there in the streets and you're going to jail all day, you know, so it's an industry, it's not reality, right. it's an industry, right yeah you know? and, th- and that's the way it is worldwide, I mean, you got people copying what these rap artists are doing all over the world and using the same words and they don't even know what the hell they mean, <laughs> you know? and things and it's like sometimes I just have to sit back and laugh but like me I I listen to jazz blues and old school R&B right I mean I think I think the latest artist I ever really listened to as far as a rap artist was Tupac and I consider him more of a poet than a rap artist Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm. that's it I mean I don't even know 90% of these musicians they be talking about nowadays I don't even know who these people are when they be winning these awards never heard of right Right. You know, and, and it's the thing we got to understand as a people these cultural influences like music and things like that they are so big worldwide to where if we really want people to see truly what African Americans African Americans are we need to start taking a look at what we're sending out to the world true you know True. Not every dollar is a good dollar, True. you know, and and things. So that music has such a large influence. I mean, everywhere I've traveled, American music, American culture has had an influence. Even in even in the Arab world, everywhere, it can't be missed. <laughs> the styles, everything, and it, it, it's you know, and that's why some countries can't stand Americans per se. Right. Because our culture so influences their culture, to where it's a backlash. Yeah, you know, you get you get this backlash. You know, uh, and 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 that's it's not so much I hate America, it's I hate American culture.
0: Right. You know, yeah. I love
1: America, I hate the culture, and I hate their government, but I like Americans. That's 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 the thing I get all the time. Oh, individually, I love you, Americans, but I can't stand your government, and I can't stand your culture influencing my culture. That's,
0: That's what I
1: get.
0: Yeah. Let's let's talk about how much. Let's talk about how much they love uh, America. Now, I see you barbecuing over there. Like so, in regards to your business, your 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 food business, what's what's your style that um, you know, of, of culinary that you 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 provide to the people over there
1: you know what I, what we do is we do basically what we're going well I should say what we're going to be doing at the new place is basically going to be cajun creole soul food and barbecue okay uh, and that's because I'm from south louisiana and that's what I know how to cook you know uh, I, I have a couple i have a couple of nephews who are my wife's nephews who are going to be in the kitchen they've been working with me for a while and Pretty much they could smoke meat just as good as anybody okay you know and uh when it comes to the to the cajun and the creole and the soul food things what i've learned here is, and, and I, te- I tell people here this all the time 90 percent of the foods that they eat here the traditional filipino foods you could find in any kitchen in the deep south Okay. because pork and chicken you know <laughs> that's it only difference is, and this is the biggest difference I find, they use a lot of vinegar because that's what they use to preserve meats here. Okay. And where we don't use a lot of vinegar. I mean, they wow. have They have wow. different names for the same foods. I grew up eating in South Louisiana. At mm. things uh, because pork and chicken and seafood. Being from South Louisiana, seafood is easy to get. Right. Being here in the Philippines, you're not far away from water no matter which part of the country you live in because there's a bunch of islands. So it's the same thing. And, and, and so once they taste the food, they be like, wait a minute, that tastes just like, yeah, it does. <laughs> that looks just like, yes, it does. It's just a different name.
0: Yeah. you know.
1: That, that That's the thing that really amazed me at first when I really got into cooking here. Because I can even cook like chicken adobo kari kari which is a beef stew uh you know those same it's the same foods but at our business we're gonna concentrate on things like gumbo jambalaya red beans and rice black eyed peas and ham hocks uh you know catfish uh shrimp dishes and stuff like that shrimp poboys catfish poboys I make things like unduly sausage. I make my own bacon and stuff like that. Uh, but it's, and the reason I chose that line of foods because it's the thing I'm most comfortable with. But the other thing is you have such a large expat community here that it's a lot of people here crave those foods because they're nice. used to them from, from back in the U.S. Mm. And you got a lot of, like here where I live in Angeles, which is in central Luzon, i live where i live close to where the former u.s air force clark air base is okay so you have, you have a lot of expat americans living here basically living here in Angeles city luzon i'm sort of in the middle of i'm sort of part of that triangle. yeah the expats here you have ex, expats in subic bay where along which used to be the u.s naval base here in the philippines and you have Manila where a lot of the U.S. Army was in that, the Manila region. So that triangle is basically where you have thousands, tens of thousands of Americans living. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, I do pretty good during the holidays selling fried turkeys and things like that. Uh, so it, it it's basically something to keep me busy. Right. Uh, because if I didn't, I would be sitting here bored to death if I didn't have something to do. Okay. So
0: that's why I got into that line of food. Okay, so now I've had I've had a rice ball from an Asian restaurant and I've had <coughs> and I've had a bodine ball. Like you said, in regards to the similarities. So 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 what the boudin, right? That's how you that's how you yep. say it? Now do you make do you make the boudin rice balls?
1: Yeah, I make that too. Mm.
0: Yeah. I uh, make
1: that. And uh, unduly sausage and things like that stuff that I had back home in Louisiana. I make those items here.
0: Yeah. Uh, the,
1: one thing is, I'm glad that come January, I'll be able to go back and finish the bill out of the new place because it's hard to do when you're not, when you're not in the right work environment. Right. It's, it's, uh, I'm sort of doing this out of a makeshift commissary right now. Okay. And I don't do a lot. You know, I may do a weekend and then not do anything for two or three weeks, and and then I'll go back out and do some more cooking. But um, I'm sort of just waiting. Finally, you know, hopefully COVID won't come up with another variant to kick us back down again. And come January, I should be able to start back with and finish my construction of the new place it's going to take about 60 days and our goal is to open up march first uh or the middle of march okay um and and i want to tell you right now our place is in what they call a, a area called new clark city it's a brand new city that they're building here in the philippines you go to facebook or the internet you can look it up and things uh a couple of years ago now they held the southeast asian games there at the new stadium and new aquatic center and this is a a, a, a new city that they're building that's going to house 1.4 million people when completed but it's going to take about 30 years to build this new city totally out okay but i will give the philippine government this through uh, BCDA, which is the base disclosure administration here in the Philippines. That that means all the properties that used to be U.S. military bases. Uh, this organization is probably one of the best that I've ever dealt with here in the Philippines. Uh, they, all of the, these properties are freeport zones, so anybody out there listening who wants to find a place to come and invest check out BCDA online. Okay. Uh, you are very welcoming to foreigners that want to come in and build businesses and employ the local populace. Technology, you want to come here and start building computers or internet systems. Inside these freeport zones are a great place to do it. I mean, uh, or easy to work with they're some of the best business minds I've met here in the Philippines they really take care of their business and uh and I'm 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 grateful that they allowed me and my wife to be part of this to uh, come in and build a new facility and uh we've been working I've been working with them 10 years and things and and it's never had a problem I mean have never had a problem so you hear a lot of horror stories about how hard it is to do business in foreign countries if you're American business. I haven't found that at all. Uh, like I said, I, I deal exclusively with BCDA here and I have not had any difficulties. You know, none whatsoever. Because we do everything by the book. As long as you come in you're an honest person, you do your business the honest way, you're not going to have a problem. and and that's anywhere in the world but it's it's really I really wanted to give people let people understand that there is opportunities here which is sort of crazy I can't believe as many years as the US have been here in the Philippines there should be more American businesses here Uh, i mean you got people willing to work this in asia this is the largest english speaking population in the world here in asia uh like one of my like my wife she teaches english to foreigners and she speaks english better than me (laughs) i tell her all the time i speak american i don't speak english right you know because uh still we've been married 10 years and she still sometimes goes online and google words that i say because it makes no sense to her because we use a lot of slang yeah. <laughs> I be thinking it's funny but she be like sometimes you say things and it makes no sense to me mm-hmm. but it, you know as far as business I've had no problems I've had no problems here whatsoever yeah. of course and it's like this anywhere in the world you go to some business especially small businesses they say wow West." They don't say American, they say Westerners, so I'm going to charge you a little more. <laughs> Thanks. But the way I found out to get around that is, I'll go find out a price or something, and then I'll have my wife go there. And she'll get it for cheaper than what I would have gotten it for. Which I understand, you know? Right. Hey, You know, if this clown going to come here and not haggle with me, I'm going to charge him a little more.
0: Tax, right. Yeah.
1: But, but, you know, hey, I've been here a long time. I know how to get around that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but doing business here, the restaurant business, and the restaurant business is hurting around the world. It's not just here, uh, food businesses are, are hurting. Because uh, I had, you know, like I had people who are dependent on me for jobs, and I have no work for them you know mm. uh, and that's hard when you know these people you know their families you know their situation but you just can't there's nothing you can do about it because you have you don't have that income coming in right. from that business Right. And think and, and you get to know some of the people who work for you you don't want to lay them off but you have no choice i understand you know? and uh you can only wish the best and i got lots of friends here uh, local and expat, that own businesses. We all have went through the same thing, having to lay people off that in some cases, people been with some of these businesses 25, 30 years. Wow. And, and now the last 18 to 24 months, you've had to lay them off. You do not you watch these people's kids grow up and things. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's hard to do. It's hard to do in some cases, but uh, thankfully, uh, thankfully, hopefully, with the vaccines and all the other things they're coming out with, this this new pill that may be coming out and stuff here pretty soon, uh, we'll be able to get some kind of semblance of a new order right. because it's not going to be the way it used to be.
0: No. You know, it, it,
1: that we'll never see that world before COVID again.
0: Right.
1: Just like just like now in the U.S., a lot of people quitting their jobs. Okay, they quitting because they don't found out that they're not being valued as employees. You know, companies saying, come back to work, oh, we need you, but now we're gonna still pay you seven dollars and twenty-five cents an hour. <laughs> you know, no, 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 that doesn't work anymore. You know, we're gonna still have bad work conditions. No, that doesn't work anymore. Because people want better now. You know, uh I talked to friends. They stay with these companies all through the pandemic, through the harsh, harshest part of the pandemic. They go back to work, and it's like the companies st- still made their billions in profit, but they don't want to share that profit with their employee. You know, people ain't, the world done changed. People have learned their value more now. Right. You know, I, I applaud the workers that are going on strike now. I mean. at these big companies you know hey these guys make billions of dollars in profits the executives get multi-million dollar bonuses but they still don't want to pay the workers anything without those workers you wouldn't be making that money right you know and so I'm, I'm proud of the labor unions that are saying okay let's go on strike and let's make it better for our workers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and things like that. even though i'm not living in the country and i'll be honest I'll never I don't see in this life and what's left my life I'm ever coming back to live in in the United States. Visit? Yes. Uh, Live there permanently? That won't happen. Mm. Because I do have a goal in mind. Uh, Once I get the business up and operating properly and things like that, I'm going to basically turn it over to family members here. And my plan for me and my wife is we're going to spend a third of the year here in the Philippines, a third of the year in the United States, and uh, we're going to find a, a third country to spend a third, another third of the year. And that's going to be somewhere on the African continent. I just haven't decided where yet. Uh,
0: Tanzania boomer.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's uh, I just haven't found the right company, the right, right country on the African continent that I'll be comfortable in yet. Uh, that's my search now. Uh, to find that country yeah. and once I do once I do I'll buy a condo there okay. um, so that that one third of the year I'll have that place in Africa I'll go stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, COVID sort of threw us off track because by now I would have we would have had figured this out and things but because of COVID can't travel it's not easy. you can travel but it's not easy to travel
0: right 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 and, um, that's, and that's and that's that's so, so hopefully
1: by the end of next year, we'll be on the African continent looking looking for that third that
0: third home base. Okay. So uh, now you, you say you've been up for ten I years. I enjoy living overseas. Yeah, you say you've been there for ten years. So relatively, like okay, if you were retired here, when you, when you think about it, in your pension uh, that that you would 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 have uh, amassed from your service uh time and a service and whatever other businesses you may have done. Uh, how would that, how do you think that pension would hold up in the US versus where you are because of the, the difference in the cost of living? Oh, it'd be a joke. <laughs> 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 I mean, seriously, I, I don't
1: have, look, I, I got many friends that are retired. Uh, and just like me, when I first retired, I worked for I was a defense I worked at a defense contractor company for a while. I also had a job where I worked for the U.S. Marine Corps, mm-hmm. and then I worked for the U.S. Navy as a civilian. Um, I worked for a political consulting firm out of California, mm-hmm. which basically worked for one of the political parties. I'm not going to say which one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I had a restaurant in Mississippi at one time. I did all of this after I retired, okay? You cannot live off a of military retirement in the continental United States. Wow, you can't. Now, somewhere like here in the Philippines or Vietnam or Thailand and numerous other countries in Central and South America, you can live like a king off of that military retirement. Mm. And then if you add in if you're getting disability from the VA or social security disability or if you're getting social security or any money you save or 401k or whatever you can come and live overseas without having to live with me to mm. be personally honest I don't have to have a business right. uh, what I get with my retirement and other, in, uh, other monthly income that, I, that I'm guaranteed to get every month I can live any way I want to without lifting a finger. Uh the only reason I have a business is to keep busy. Right, right. That's why I do business and Because you you'll go crazy if you don't have something to do. Absolutely. <clears throat> because no, but trying to live off a of military retirement in the United States, that's a joke. <laughs> I don't know any military retirees that when they retired from the US military that didn't go to work you don't stop working. You may get that little check every month, but you don't stop working. Uh, you can't, not and survive. Yeah. So I, I was getting my retirement. I was getting disability when I when I first retired, but I also had a full-time job. Okay. Uh, now, some of my family will argue that point. And, th- and this is the other thing. I don't understand why a lot of people think that when you retire from the military, you're a millionaire. They think that you are getting so much money, but you're not, <laughs> you know? And that that's the thing that always, people who have never served in the military, they think that a military retiree is like, wow, that you're golden, you know? No, you're not golden, because I guarantee you, you're not gonna find a military retiree, especially someone fresh out of, out of the military that isn't working a full-time job. They, but overseas, depending on what country
0: you choose, you can live like a king. Wow. And you froze up again, or else I had frozen up. Yeah, you frozen up. But you're good though, you're good. So we gonna, hey, listen, because we had a delay in time. I know you was getting, getting, getting locked in and stuff, so we got- I lost probably, you again. Can you hear me now? Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, gonna, I got you. I was gonna say, so we gonna wrap up because we got two minutes on the clock right now. Uh, okay. Based on the time that I had set set in initially, but but just but just what you just to put put a uh, add to what you were saying, it's, it's good hearing someone say what you say because a lot of people are in disbelief that they can't survive, they can't live on the other side uh, of the border anywhere. And in my experience, this in just regular travel, I took uh, maybe two hundred and fifty dollars to Mexico last time I traveled recently. I was literally giving money away, pesos at the airport, because (laughs) I'm just saying it just it's just we spend way too much money just to breathe air in this wonderful country. Yes, we do. And it's it's crazy
1: because, hey, look at the price of medicines same medicines you get in the united states you look at what the price of those same pills cost in other countries just look across the border in canada or look across the border in mexico mm-hmm. the american public is being robbed blind by big companies you know there's pills that you go outside the united states you pay maybe 15 dollars for that same pill in the united states that cost you a thousand dollars it's crazy <laughs> you know but you can live outside of the United States. That's what people got to understand. It's not the only place on the planet. uh, You can live outside of the U.S. and be comfortable and have a good life. I know hundreds of people in different countries, expats that are having a good life. It depends on you. It depends on you as a person, how you want to live and what you're willing to put up with. No, you don't have everything. I don't have everything here in the Philippines like that that I have in the United States. But in some ways, that's a very good thing, you know, because because you you learn to live. I'm living my life better here than I was in the U.S. I love my country, but I'm living my life better here. And that's just a fact. Mm hmm.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna wrap it up right there, man. I do appreciate you taking the time and then I'll follow up back with you again for a second segment. Um, I know we were delayed a little bit as you were getting uh, acclimated and getting on, locking in with us. But again, this is retired Glenn Jala who's living overseas in the Philippines, man. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you again.
1: It's been a pleasure speaking to you, man. I'm, I'm here anytime.
0: All right, I'll lock in with you again, my brother. Take care. All right. Thank you. Thank you.